Paul writing to the church, says in chapter 3, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by your own flesh, by means of your flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? And we're going to look at this bit today. And again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law, your performance, your willpower, your good deeds, or by you believing what you heard. Isn't there something about us as humans? We, we love the idea of principles, techniques and methodology. We absolutely love that. We, we love it if someone said, you can have the miraculous and the spirit and these are the techniques, these are the methods, these are the priorities, these are the things you will have to do in order to have more of Holy Spirit and to see the miraculous. And we said last week, exhaustion happens when you believe that you can complete through your own activity and strength what was begun out of rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Any time we believe that we can get the miraculous and we can get the Holy Spirit and we can get the power and we can get the mighty deeds through any activity that's dependent on ourselves, we become absolutely exhausted. Paul is saying here that faith, that trust, that believing is the only way you can make room for encountering, receiving Holy Spirit and seeing Holy Spirit work in you and through you. John Wimber says he had an encounter with Jesus because he was absolutely worn out and exhausted. He had prayed for a thousand people and not seen anybody healed. He was worn out, discouraged, disappointed, spiralling into burnout. And Jesus said to him, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And John Wimber says, I didn't really understand the question, so I went back to work. <clears throat> I remember an encounter with Jesus where I got prayed for and a prophetic word about the miraculous and healing and miracles and wonders. And it was a physical manifestation of oil in my hands. I could see it, it was baby oil, it appeared and disappeared. And then I said to Jesus... I won't miss it this time because 20 years before, no, not 20 years, 10 years before, on the day I got married, God had also prophesied signs, wonders, miracles, and nations. And I hadn't believed him at all. I thought that's a really great prophecy. I'll transcribe it. I may listen to it, I may not, but it sounds a great prophecy, but that's not for me. You couldn't do that in me. And then he repeated it in 2007. <coughs> and this time I said, I'm going to go to work. I'm not going to miss it this time. I'm going to be diligent and determined. And that's when I read that John Wimber quote. Since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? John Wimber didn't understand the question, so we went back to work for five years. I didn't understand the quote, and I went back to work for years. And then John Wimber said he 
believed it. He believed that since he could do nothing, he needed God. And his prayer life changed. He said, I started asking for less and began to listen for more. I began to find Holy Spirit give me desires for things I didn't previously have. I began to find my reactions were changing. I began to find that he was giving me a hunger and longing and thirst for goodness. He said, the kingdom of God is not something you do for God. It's something God does in you and through you. And our mistake can be, we think it's something we do for God. It's something we produce. It's a work we do. It's a work we achieve. And so we love principles. We love methods. We love techniques. We believe if I could just master the technique, if I could just master the right phraseology, if I could just master the right approach, then God would give me the spirit and work miracles in me and through me. Since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? This quote is challenging. There are no blockages to healing, miracles and receiving Holy Spirit except for lack of faith. And so he says, how do you receive the Spirit? How does God work miracles among you? Is it by works of the law or is it by your believing what you heard? Now, we've got to be careful here because sometimes people have said, you're not healed because it's your lack of faith. Mm. And then they've poured condemnation and a sense of guilt and failure. Ah, worm that I am. If only I could believe more. If only I had believed more, then I would have been healed. It's not about guilt. It's not about condemnation because that will take you where you don't want to go. But it is about this. This is what I dream of to become more like him so that when somebody comes to us or to me or to this place they're coming because they've heard that Jesus heals the sick that Jesus has an answer to cancer that Jesus has an answer to torment that Jesus has an answer to brokenness that Jesus is the healer And that Jesus is healing through our touch and in our context and through our command because we're believing. How does God supply the Spirit? How does God work mighty miracles amongst us? It is through simply believing and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's a spirit thing. Even if it's I'm declaring things, or I'm reading the Bible, or I'm praying. I'm looking for Holy Spirit ignition of believing, trusting faith. Bill Johnson says that. He says some of the most painful moments for him are when someone flies all the way across thousands of miles to have an encounter with Jesus. And he says he prays for them and nothing seems to happen. And he feels, wow, they came all that way to meet with you, Jesus to meet with the Jesus in me and all they met was Bill and they went away in their wheelchair and they went away with their cancer and they went away with their torment he says in those moments he doesn't project blame on them and say it was your lack of faith we don't do that nor does he condemn himself and beat himself up but he goes back to the Holy Spirit and says there must be more than this 
There must be more than this. I need to trust. I need to believe. I need to have an encounter with you because the world is desperate for an encounter with God. There is no blockage to healing miracles and receiving the Holy Spirit except for lack of faith. See, you can be in a meeting, even this morning, and even hear about uh, Holy Spirit wants to meet you, Holy Spirit wants to fill you, Holy Spirit wants to give you a revelation of Jesus, and you can let that just pass you by and think, oh, that was for someone else. That can't be for me. That's for someone else. Someone else in the room is more worthy to have that. Or you can hear it by faith and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm going to receive. I'm going to be filled. I'm going to have an encounter. I'm having an encounter. Or as Steve Backman says, if one drop of the Holy Spirit is falling in the room, it's going to fall on me. He says he went through a journey where he says it was really hard for him to receive God, receive the Holy Spirit. He'd be in meetings, there'd be people encountering God, manifestations of the Holy Spirit all around him, and he would stand there like that. And then the, he said the devil would encourage him by saying, there is something wrong with you, Steve. There is something uniquely wrong with you. Then Holy Spirit said, of course there's something wrong with you. That's why Jesus had to come and die. You needed a saviour. There is something wrong with you. Get over yourself. And then he would stand there saying, I'm going to receive by faith. I'm going to trust that God wants to give me the Holy Spirit. And actually, gradually, his trust, his faith, his experience caught up with what he said he believed. And began to encounter God. That nothing is impossible for those who believe. That's what Jesus said. So that gives me hope. So if I'm not seeing the blind eyes open, the deaf ears opened. If I'm not seeing the dead raised, the leper cleansed. If I'm not seeing those things, it means there's an issue about my beliefs. And that gives me great courage and confidence because now I know what the problem is Holy Spirit can bring a solution to that that nothing is impossible for those who believe nothing is impossible for those who believe and we're going to learn and grow and so even as we do love Plumstead next week we don't mind if we're just in the toddler stage or the crawling stage but we're growing to become those who run and those who have strength and those who are going to see more. Whether it starts with a certain level and it's going to increase, it's going to grow and we're going to see more. A law mentality, a law mentality leaves us struggling to be fruitful. That law mentality is I don't deserve for him to work through me. Has anybody ever thought that? I don't deserve for him to work through me. And that's what the Galatians are falling into. They're saying, we have to deserve it. We have to earn it. We have to merit it. It's not Jesus alone. It's Jesus plus circumcision. It's not Jesus alone. It's Jesus plus rituals and rules. It's not Jesus alone, it's Jesus plus keeping special days and doing special things. 
You don't need to deserve for him to work through you. Who said you had to deserve it? You don't have to work for it. You don't have to merit it. You know when you've got a law-based mentality. You know, you're going along and an opportunity to pray for the sick arrives and, but you feel like you've had a really rotten day and you feel guilty and you, feel, you actually feel disconnected from God because you didn't keep the rules that you'd set yourself. And then an opportunity presents itself for you to pray for the sick and you decline it because you don't feel you deserve it. You don't feel you merit it. Why would he work through me? But grace has nothing to do with meriting and earning. It's all about what Jesus has done. It's all about the finished work of the cross. So it's about leaning into grace. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gift of miracles and the gift of faith. These are literally gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are literally undeserved, unmerited, unearned gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not given as a reward for maturity. They're not given as a reward for sanctification and growing in Christ. They are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are just given because they are gifts that come to us. Now we want to use them with maturity and we want to use them with, 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 with growth. We, we know that the prophetic gift can become grotesque if it's handled in immaturity. It can become controlling and a platform to show off on. But needless to say, it's a gift. It's not merited. Law is deserved favour. Law says, I did this and this and this and this. Now I deserve for God to supply me with the Holy Spirit. Now I deserve him to do miracles through me. Grace is undeserved favour. I know I don't deserve it. I know what I really deserve is separation. I know what I really deserve is not relationship. I know what I really deserve is not face-to-face encounters with God. I know what I really deserve is not intimacy and connection with you, Father. That's what I really deserve. What I really deserve is to be separate from you forever. But what I've got is relationship. What I've got is forgiveness. What I've got is a fresh start. What I've got is love, kindness, compassion and mercy. I didn't merit it. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve any of it. I've got it freely as a gift. And then it says the spiritual gifts. They're the same. They're grace. They're given to you. They're unmerited, unearned, undeserved. So Paul says, earnestly long after the gift of prophecy. Prophecy. We were at a conference on Friday and Sean Bolt said prophecy is like God's super highway to let people know that God knows them, God loves them and what God designed them for earnestly desire that gift because it expresses God's love in a profound and deep and wonderfully fast way. Prophecy. Calling people back to their original design. Calling people back to who they were created to be. Earnestly desire it. So you can prophesy. You can work in gifts of miracles. You can work in healing. You can work in the power gifts. You can get words of knowledge. You can have words of wisdom. Why? Because they're grace gifts. 
And they don't come through earning or deserving or working. They simply come through believing what you heard. Amen. <clears throat> you can have the gift of tongues whenever you want it, if you haven't got it. All you do is believe, he's got a gift for me, and I'm going to go and get it. See, law invites striving. Law invites self-effort. And law invites exhaustion. Grace empowers. Grace gives. Grace is effortless. I simply position myself to receive. And even the positioning of myself to receive is a grace gift of faith to believe there is one I can position to receive from. At no point do I take any credit for any of it. It's all grace from the beginning to the last. But grace doesn't mean we're passive. Grace doesn't mean we're, we're passive. I'm going to ask you a question that Pete Carter asks. Can you do miracles? Put your hands up if you believe you can. You can do miracles. Some of you are thinking, no we can't. Because it's God who does miracles. Acts 14.3 says it, it, that the Holy Spirit enabled them to perform signs and wonders. See, sometimes we're waiting for something. We're waiting. We're waiting for God to turn up and do it for us. We know that it's correct that we cannot do miracles, but God in us can do miracles in us and then through us. That Jesus has actually commissioned you and me to heal the sick. Jesus is, is not going to turn up in Plumstead and sovereignly do it all. He's the head of a body. He's got hands and feet and limbs and legs. He's looking for his body to do it. Suddenly we sit back and say, I'm going to sit back and wait for Jesus to turn up. It's silly when Jesus has told us, you go. You go and heal the sick. You go and raise the dead. You go and open blind eyes. You go. You go and do it. This is thing I'm going to... I'll keep pressing in, keep being courageous, keep being bold, keep living with expectation, keep being obedient, and at the same time, not becoming self-reliant and independent and looking for methods and principles and things that you do outside of connection with him. All flows out of intimacy, it all flows out of connection, it all flows out of the good news. I'm connected to Jesus, the wonderful, fruitful vine. Let's finish with these thoughts that what you focus on, you empower. 
what you focus on, you empower. What you believe about yourself, you empower. We need to be saying to the Lord, Lord, tell me what to believe about me. Tell me what to believe about you. What we focus on, we empower. Our part is to renew our mind. Our part is to renew our mind. Bill Johnson says that the only closed heaven is between our ears. It's the only closed heaven. Jesus has rendered the heavens and come down. He's done it. He's done it. Sometimes we pray, oh Lord, rend the heaven. He's done it. Don't ask him to do what he's already done. My opinion. <laughs> Investigate that. Believe it. It's an open heaven. Believe even more than that. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We have dual citizenship. I'm in heaven. I'm on earth. I'm a citizen of no small city. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm living from the recognition and approval and significance that comes from I'm a citizen of another city and I'm living here. Our part is to renew our mind. Christ is in me. Amen. The hope of glory is in me. So when we're going out on the streets, we're not trying to make something happen. We're not trying to convince people. We've got the hope of glory in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. God in us. Emmanuel in us. It's like when Paul is addressing people about holiness. He doesn't give them a list of rules. He just says, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. God has made his home. The Holy One lives in you. The Holy One lives in me. And the moment we choose courage, the moment we choose obedience, the moment we align our thinking with who we really are, we believe in those moments nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. We can live with the expectancy anything can happen. Remember hearing a story about a lady who went to a supernatural school and she was disappointed because her mum hadn't been healed and her mum had a serious sickness. And she was on the school and just really wrestling with, will God do miracles through me? Could he really do that through me? And she prayed with people and she thought, you know what, I'm not really sure if they're just being polite when they said their back is a little bit better. She was really struggling to really believe that he could heal, wanted to heal, and that, she, that he wanted to heal through her. So she was in a coffee shop, just talking to God, and a lady in a wheelchair came in. And she felt Holy Spirit say, heal her. And she felt the presence of God. You know, she wrestled with it for a moment. Walked over to the lady. All the sense of presence has now gone. <laughs> it's just her and a woman in a wheelchair. And she's not really sure what Jesus will do. So she prays. She commands the sickness to go. They exchange numbers. The woman has a coffee. Is wheeled out. Don't know what that was all about. She thinks that evening, her phone pings. It's a video from the woman. She's got in the car 
and feeling is starting to come. She's got a very serious nerve damage issue. And her nerves start to feel that something's going on. Then the video goes on, literally moments later, she's running up and down a car park, completely healed. <laughs> the other side of the story, she's talking to God that morning. I need you to break in. I need you to heal me. I can't even hold my child. She's got a baby she hasn't been able to hold for 18 months. I need you to break in. God brings those two together. A woman who would say, you know what, my faith feels really weak. And I've got cynical questions and I don't really know. And a woman who's desperate for an encounter. And Jesus brings the two together and she gets to see the miracle, the breakthrough. See, when is God pleased with us? He was pleased the moment she got up and said, yes, Jesus. And went to the woman feeling no faith. Heaven is going, yes, that's faith. It's faith that pleases God. The the miracle, the wonder, the woman getting healing, that's Jesus. That's Holy Spirit. That's God. That's nothing to do with her. But God is pleased in the moment of our timid, faltering, nervous, unbelieving, cynical obedience. He's so pleased in that moment when we're like babies learning. Know who you are. Trust and believe that you are a conduit, a pipe that connects heaven to earth. You are. You are. Wherever you go, heaven goes. There's a pipe that flows into your school. There's a pipe from heaven that flows into your university. There's a pipe that from heaven that blows in, bl- flows into your workplace and into your family. There's a pipe from heaven to earth when you're at the bus stop. Anything could happen because you are a connecting point to, from heaven to earth. You are an ambassador. You are a representative. You are representing heaven on earth. You are the location of heaven on earth. If people want to meet with God, encounter God, get healed... You are that calling place. It's going to be to you that he's going to lead them. It's to you that he's going to cause heaven to touch earth. And that causes us that when we do pray, when we understand Christ is in me, Holy Spirit is in me, I'm a connecting point from heaven to earth. So I can pray from abundance. I don't have to make anything happen. I don't have to shout at a sickness, as if a sickness can only hear if I shout. I don't have to work up passion. I don't have to work up a moment of intensity. All I have to believe is, Christ is in me. I'm connected to heaven. Holy Spirit flows through me. This this reality can bring a breakthrough. It can bring a deliverance. It can bring the peace of heaven, the shalom of heaven, the joy of heaven. When you're delivering people from demonic bondage, you don't have to shout and scream at the demonic. They're not impressed by our our show. They're impressed by Jesus. They're terrified of Jesus in you. And they'll love to do a performance if you think it's about you. If you want to to believe it's about you and your determination and your tone of voice, they'll create a circus. But if you realise it's Christ in me, the Lion of Judah, and when I speak his name, peace. Shalom. 
heaven come. Be free in Jesus' name. They're absolutely terrified of Jesus. Yes. (laughs) They're absolutely terrified of Jesus because they thought they had beaten Jesus and then three days later he's risen from the grave and now ascended in glory and the ruler and the reign of all things. They absolutely are petrified of the lion and the lamb. And so we can pray from abundance, not lack. We don't have to pray long. Because it's not the length of our prayers that heals people. It's the recognition we carry authority. We don't have to plead. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh, no, just we, need to, we can command. We can command sicknesses to go. We can speak to sicknesses. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be set free in Jesus' name. We don't have to work hard. If we think it's all about us and our tenacity and determination and our strength, we will give up on going for these things. But when we know it's from the abundance of his presence and the abundance of who he is in us and who he is through us and his absolutely love for the world, we can go again and again and again. Mm-hmm.